Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hey everybody, Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you with another fantastic interview. And I'm, this is not only a great, great uh, person that I'm going to interview, but it's a topic that I love. And it is all about outsourcing, which is aka how to get more stuff done and really grow your business. Let me introduce you to my special guest. Bonnie Fay is the woman behind Source It. And from her humble beginnings as a balloon artist, Bonnie has grown to become the ultimate hiring guru, helping hundreds of overwhelmed business owners balance their dreams with a work lifestyle that suits them best. The woman behind Sourcet, which Forbes once called the world's premier education in online hiring and outsourcing for entrepreneurs. That's some, that's some good PR right there. Bonnie brings creativity, positive energy, and human connection to everything she does. She helped a roster of prominent entrepreneurs take back their time by leveraging high-quality virtual assistants, web developers, graphic designers for a fraction of the cost. And her business insights are based on the foundations of personal development and human psychology. And the shortcuts she teaches her, her mentees helped them spectacularly transform their lives. She is a self-described creative genius. Wow. And a master <laughs> of humility. <laughs> That's so funny. It's Bonnie's goal to live a life of adventure. So I'm sure she'd love my lifestyle and save the world along the way. Bonnie, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. You know, um, I, I have, I have a, I use an agency that gets my guests and my wife books everybody. And then literally usually the, the morning of, I, I see what's going on and I get the one sheet. So I'm like, Oh my God, somebody's an outsourcing. I've, I don't have to interview somebody about taxes again. <laughs> uh -huh. so, uh, I'm just kidding to everybody who I interviewed on taxes. But, um, you know, tell me about, okay, first of all, are you a first generation entrepreneur or did you have a, a mom or dad or grandparents who somebody mentor you or what's That's that a look great like? question. So yeah, actually my mom is an entrepreneur as well. And we have a family business um, here in the Philadelphia area that's done extremely well. Um, that was uh, her, my grandfather started. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's a little something you and I have in common. As, as we mentioned in the kind of the green room, Stephanie and I um, for 30 years lived out in Chester County out near kind of Westchester University, not too far from there. And um, now our, our address is somewhere and wherever there's four feet of water, <laughs> we, we, we move about. But yeah, Pennsylvania is our, our former home. I know. I'm obsessed with the fact that you live on a boat. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'll be honest with you. But this is all about you. So when did you, when did you start this company? And is this your first company or what led you to this? Yeah. So it's interesting. My story is basically that I was a burnt out consultant who uh -huh. was doing way too much herself. I made way too little money. And then I got the idea that I should be outsourcing. And when I did that, I was lucky enough to have some really great mentoring at the time. 
And within three months of outsourcing correctly, my profits quadrupled. And that's when I was like a crazy, scary outsourcing evangelist telling everyone like, you know what you should be doing? You should definitely be outsourcing. Are you not outsourcing? This is crazy. You should be outsourcing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was great because then I started helping my friends and my family and then so many of them like had their businesses skyrocket. Like they went from six to seven figures and one of them got like a $650,000 a year contract after taking on a team of 10 people all over the world. And so, you know, all these crazy case studies came to me and I was like, you know what? I, I should write a course on this. Like I have so many case studies just from doing this. I might as well you know, teach people this. And then that's how my current business started, where we teach people how to outsource, how to build teams, um, both internationally and locally. And how do you get this crazy cost advantage, um, no matter where you're at in your business and hire the very best person for the very best price. So Bonnie, do you connect people uh, with uh, vendors you know? Do you have people that are kind of under your umbrella that you recommend? What is your company? How does it operate? Yeah, so here's the thing. So what I've found is that it's better to teach a man to fish than to fish for him. I understand there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, will do matchmaking services of sort. That's never been my my desire. Here's the reason why. When you do that, you have to be profitable, which means that you have to essentially charge a multiple per hour um, of the talent. So if you have a $5 an hour person, you're charging $10 an hour. If you have a $15 an hour person, you're charging $30 an hour. What that ends up doing for the end consumer is you're giving them a $15 an hour person, but you're charging them twice as much. And so I've found that when people can go directly, they can get the, the cost benefit of not paying 10 or $15 an hour extra. Um, by just finding the person themselves. So it takes a little bit more work on the front end, but it saves them tens of thousands of dollars a year on the back end. So source it, you teach people how to outsource. Is, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and at, somewhere I was reading in your bio about a $25,000 hiring mistake. What, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for your listeners, So one of the worst things that you can do when you're outsourcing is you cannot document your processes and your systems uh, correctly. So as I'm sure many of your listeners know, when you have an assistant or a tech virtual assistant that is doing technical things for you that you don't understand yourself, they can hold you hostage (laughs) if you don't have... um, if you don't have their processes and their systems documented, which is why it's really important to have, you know, time in your business to continually document systems. The $25,000 hiring mistake I made was we were doing well over $25,000 a month um, when we launched Source It, and we were very blessed and lucky to be able to do that. But I didn't have the business experience to know at that point that, I needed to be documenting what our tech VA was doing. And um, we ran into an incident where, you know, he left unexpectedly and <laughs> I didn't know I did, couldn't operate my business. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. Yeah, it was really, really bad. And we, so we lost $25,000 like in a month of not being able to operate. So that's, 
it's not something I would want someone to repeat. So always document your systems and your processes, yeah, especially you the ones you don't know. I tell people that for two reasons. Number one, the one you just described. But second, there is going to be a time when you're going to want to uh, retire or, or just, you know, sell the business that you've created. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, aside from a customer list and cash flow, the new owner, potential owner is going to want to know, all right, if, I, if we shake hands on a Friday and you leave, can I come in Monday morning and will the business still run? And yeah. without those systems and procedures documented, it makes it really hard. You're 100% right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, one of the questions I get all the time is, how do I know when it's time to outsource? And, uh, and, and I, I'd be interested in your perspective for, for two reasons. Number one, um, exactly what you teach and your beliefs are. But I think people, they're always, um, or typically I would say, in a little bit of a cash-strapped position if they're starting out and they really need to help. It's, so therefore, it's an investment. So it's a struggle for them and they never make the investment so they never get out of overwhelm, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the financial answer to this question. So it really does depend on who you are. I feel like this question really goes into risk tolerance and that's different for everybody. But if you have a low risk tolerance, then the answer is you can outsource when you've hit a financial plateau, meaning you can't take on any more clients. Now, to allude to what you just said, there are certain people who will never get as busy as they need to be because they aren't the right personality type to be doing all the things to run the processes and systems in their business to get the ongoing lead generation that's going to lead to them being booked out. So for certain people who are lacking certain skills and they have like a higher risk tolerance, you're going to want to hire someone sooner. And there's some signs and symptoms of that if you want me to go into it. Sure. Yeah. Take a couple yeah, minutes. Go ahead. I, I think that like one of the biggest things that is a good sign or symptom is if you're just really overworked. So there's a Michael Hyatt quote that I really love and it's basically this. Certainly there are seasons of our life where we will be pushing and we'll be working super hard. But if this has been way more than a season, if this is just your reality that you're overworked, this is definitely a good indicator that it's time to hire someone, right? Because if you're trying to operate every process and system in your business, it's not even going to give you the mental clarity you need to be on point to take on the new opportunities. And even just from a financial perspective, if you think about it, a lot of people get caught up and they're like, well, I can't afford to do it, Bonnie, and I don't want to do it because I can't afford it. And what they're forgetting is the opportunity cost. They're forgetting that by doing the $15 an hour work, they are blocking the $100 an hour work. And they could literally be making double or even three times as much if they replace the administrative work that they're doing or the day-to-day -day work that they're doing with higher dollar per hour activities. What tasks do people, I mean, I know you've um, taught an awful lot of people. So what are the typical tasks that people start out outsourcing? Usually people start by outsourcing virtual assistance or customer support. So they might outsource their email, their administrative work, their social media, like uh, getting their lead generation going, whether that's on YouTube or Pinterest or Instagram, or um, even like, let's say you do networking events, creating the lists of all the networking events that you might go to that are really going to help you find the right customers for you. Um, 
also things like graphic design, web stuff, all the tech headaches, like all of those things are excellent places to start with outsourcing. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, how, do you, how do you teach people to monitor what's going on? I mean, so much in the VA world is, I mean, it's obviously not somebody coming to your office or your home office. It's somebody in another state or another country. How do you keep tabs like that? There's a tool called Time Doctor, and what it'll allow you to do is it'll allow you to account for every single hour worked, so you can get screenshots of the remote person's screen, and you can see, like, are they actually doing what they say? But I think you tend to know also, after a certain point, if things are taking too long as well. Like, there's a certain sense of, wait, it took you how long to do that? (laughs) You know? seems kind of clear when you're like working with someone and if you're checking time doctor it's extremely clear because you can see like they spent four hours on let's say researching something and you're like should that have really taken four hours though yeah so you've hired over 300 freelancers what what have you learned from somebody who's hired one or two yeah so i would say that how you do one thing is how you do everything and that the small things that seem like yellow flags in the beginning are often red flags. So I would look for emotional wows from the beginning. So you're going to want to pay attention to areas where you just really are impressed with someone early on. So if you're not getting someone who just blows you away from the beginning, then they're not the top five to 10% of the workforce, which means they're not an A player, which means that they're not likely the person to be the type of person who's going to bring your company to new heights. And the little things that seem like maybe they're not such a big deal or you're giving someone the benefit of the doubt, typically like those are really bad signs because if they're not really trying to impress you from the beginning, like they're a couple minutes late or they, you know, just didn't follow instructions or it's just eh, okay. Like it doesn't typically get that much better in a freelance situation. Right. Um, Are there any secrets you can share on how to pick a good candidate? I mean, after all, it's not hiring an employee. You're right. You're hiring um, a subcontractor. So there's only so much say you do have over, you know, how and when they do their job or the work that the task, I would think. For sure. I have a few steps and a process that I can go through with you. Um, So it starts with a job ad and making sure you have an attractive job ad. Then it's making sure that you have really good questions that eliminate looking at resumes. And then it's about eliminating the interview and making sure that you actually know in advance that someone is a good worker. And I can kind of go deeper into those three steps if you'd like me to. Yeah, we got about three minutes for this. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) No problem. Okay, let's start with step number one, the job ad. So... Um, so the first thing is most people create these job ads, right? And they just do what everyone else does. So they just like say, this is what I need, right? What's the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is the top performers, the people who are at the top five to 10% of the workforce, they're not motivated by money alone. So you need to tap into their intrinsic motivation in the job ad, which means you need to talk about what are the perks of working with your company? So what's your mission? Why did you start your company in the first place? What's your company culture? What are your shared values? What are they going to love about working with you? 
Um, are they going to learn a lot in this position? Is it a virtual position? Whatever the perks are, you're going to want to put that very clearly in the job ad. And then obviously also just be really clear about what the job entails, whether the responsibility is going to be so that they can see, you know, if they would love working from with you from the outset. So that's step one. Okay. Okay. Step two <laughs> is you want to make sure that you don't get overwhelmed with resumes because they are typically filled with lies or half truths at best. Okay. And we want to not, you know, get you into a deluge of 300 resumes, which all look the same. So what do you do instead? Well, you want to create a job form, but the way you create it is important. So you can create a Google form and you can ask a couple of hypothetical questions. So ask questions like, if you're in this high stress situation, like we had a webinar and a thousand attendees were coming and at 401, everything crashes, even though it's been tested in advance, what are five things you would do to save our relationship with our affiliates? Like inform the t attendees and make sure I don't cry, you know? <laughs> mm. And so what's really interesting is when you ask these really specific hypothetical questions about situations they would actually be in, in the job itself, you're going to quickly understand who is a problem solver, who can act without them having all the information, who can think fast on their feet, who's going to give a vague answer here, like, I don't know, I would ask you what to do, or I don't know, I would call technical support, you know, versus someone who would say something like, I would first talk to the affiliates, I would then talk to the attendees, I would then da da da, you know, when you're looking at these answers, you're going to very quickly see who is going to over-deliver and who's not. And then when you combine that with a really special secret, which is asking what people want to be paid in advance, you're going to have a very clear spreadsheet of who gave a crappy answer and wants to be paid two to three times as much and who gave a stellar answer who's 10 to $20 an hour or less. And that's one of the secrets to getting someone who's just an incredible candidate who's going to blow you away for an incredible price. Wow. Good stuff. So the last question is the other end of the spectrum. How do you fire someone in, you know, in a very secure but uh, also ethical way? That's a good question. So it's important to remember that firing is obviously uncomfortable for everybody, but first start with this mantra. Know that if you're keeping someone on board when it's not serving you, it is ultimately not serving them. And you are actually releasing them to a better opportunity by letting them go. So that's thing number one. So release yourself from guilt. Second, you have to remember that it is so important to treat that person with dignity and respect in ending that relationship. A, because it's the right thing to do, but B, because it helps you prevent worker retaliation. So here's what I would say. If I was firing you, Jim, <laughs> I would say, Jim, gosh, I got to tell you, I, I'm so impressed with you. You are clearly so smart and so articulate. And I feel like we've just had such a great rapport. And I also have to tell you that, you know, we've already had this conversation about um, deliverables and for whatever reason, maybe because you're partying in your houseboat, you were a little late on the deliverables. <laughs> and so um, I wouldn't say that part, but you get the idea. Um, <laughs> but, you know, 
you know, we've already had this conversation about deliverables and it seems like for whatever reason, it's not working. And, you know, you're super talented, Jim. I have a lot of respect for you, but I just don't think that this relationship is going to serve us anymore. So here's our transition plan. Um, for the next two weeks, we're going to do X, Y, Z or whatever it is. And that way you are honoring them. You're not, you're not telling them that they're a piece of poo, you know, cause they're not, they're just not a fit for the role. They're a great person and you had a lot of faith in them and you still think a lot of really great things about them, hopefully. And so you're honoring who they are, but you're also just letting them know the piece of feedback that isn't a fit. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, well, you clearly, you've got this topic mastered. How do, how do, can people find out about you? What's tell me about the course? Like, where would you like people to go? Yeah. So we have a course and it goes through all of our hiring steps. So it talks about not just how to find the person, but how to keep them. And that comes into the motivation because you've got a lot of experienced business owners listening. And so I am sure that there are some people on here who either have been in this situation or they, or they know someone who has that every six months they lose their team. So that's what the course really takes over is like how to keep your best people, not just how to find them. Um, and if they want to find out more about it, the best way, the best place they can go is going to www.livemoreformula.com. So livemoreformula.com. And what that is, is that's our one hour automated webinar and they can go through and they can learn all the steps, all the processes, um, that I just went through in a one hour masterclass and it gives them a lot of meat, absolutely free. And then if they want to go deeper with us, they can. That's awesome. Bonnie, thank you so much for being my guest. I really, really appreciate your time today. Yeah, this has been so much fun, Jim. Cool. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Bonnie Fay, um, somebody who knows a thing or two about outsourcing, otherwise known as the dirty O word. <laughs> um, if we're not yet connected on my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now, you can fix that grievous error at dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. Until this time next week, another great interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, somewhere on the East Coast floating. You take great care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.